welcome back to Mum Talk. So this week I am actually sitting in my bedroom in Portugal because I am running a yoga retreat with my beautiful friend Annie who has actually joined me and is sitting on the end of the bed to um, do this podcast with me. (laughs) Um, It's not particularly sunny in Portugal as you may think. You might have nicer weather than we do. Um, We're recording this on Tuesday so tomorrow is podcast day and we are gonna just have a little catch up so I haven't really checked in with you for a good couple of weeks. We obviously had Louise the nutritionist or the dietitian last week which was lovely and then Rebecca beforehand so I thought I would give you a little insight into where I'm at and also I wanted I thought it'd be interesting to have Annie on the podcast because Annie is obviously a very very close friend of mine. Her sister-in-law is also pregnant and she's got a couple of friends who have just had babies. So I think it's really interesting to hear what it's like to be a friend of somebody who has given birth or is pregnant. I know my sister especially, I'm dying to get her on, but my sister as well. I'm the first one in our family to have done this. So for my sister, she's kind of like, well, what questions am I meant to ask you and how much stuff do you want to talk about? So it'll be really interesting to hear what Annie has to share with us today. So, hi Annie! Hi! (laughs) So I was going to say, like, disclaimer, this is not a big reveal that I am actually pregnant because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But surprise! (laughs) Thanks for having me. I listen every week, so it's exciting to be on the other side. Yeah. Well, I have to thank you. Annie has just given me the best little present, Clemmy Hooper's um, journal, which I can't wait to fill in. When I actually have a couple of minutes on retreat, I am definitely going to fill that in. I can't it's help so myself. Lovely. It's like every... I see all of these things that look like really lovely things to have when you're pregnant or you see things for babies. And it's I'm not somebody to kind of... I hate buying too many things or living in this place of excess, but it's just irresistible when you know that people are having babies you just want to spoil them and the new little human that's growing inside of them and (laughs) (laughs) Annie bought us our first piece of baby clothing and Annie (laughs) bought the best the best like blue and white striped dungarees they are the cutest (laughs) little things and even though they're meant for like a 12 month old aren't they I still cannot believe how small our baby is going to be if it's smaller than those pair of dungarees I know it's gonna be the cutest thing I can't wait for her to wear them I cannot wait for her to wear them. I actually cannot wait. So we had, I am now 20 weeks plus four days, three days. Oh God, I can't remember. Um, so I am I am halfway through my pregnancy and we had, seeing as we're on the topic of sex, um, we are, well, gender. Where are we? <laughs> sex of the baby. <laughs> um... Yeah, we um, we had our 20-week scan and it was actually a really good thing that we'd found out the sex of our child already because the baby was so, or our little girl, was so scrunched up and she had her knees right into her head and she was facing inward towards me, so all you could see was her spine really. And the sonographer said, I'm really glad you know the sex because there's absolutely no way that I could tell you today and you would either have to come back, which they don't really want to do because obviously it costs them a lot of money, mm. Um or kind of just not know the sex because this is the last scan which I was so surprised about I couldn't believe that you only get two scans and I I really thought I had one more maybe 32 33 weeks you don't 
but you don't. And can you imagine if you'd really sort of... It must, must happen all the time, but to get really excited if you have chosen to know the gender of your baby, to get there and, and you know, these things happen all the time, that things don't go as planned, but mm-hmm. to sort of build your hopes up and then and then not find out. Although equally, it could happen that you find out and then you actually have a different gender to what you're expecting which happens a lot lot, I've heard yeah Yeah, which happens a lot I mean we had the blood test so that's that's a little bit more um accurate but um or you know it would match up I guess um but yeah can you imagine if you bought everything pink and then it ended up being a boy yeah but then I guess it teaches (laughs) us not to be so gender specific with our color choices exactly (laughs) that's what I said to Hendrik because I'm not actually a massive pink fan I never really have been and especially with babies and I think I was talking about this on my last podcast with Louise a little bit, but when they're born, they really do look the same. Yeah, yeah, the colours are really helpful as as sort of labels so that people can be like, what's her name? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I was saying to Hendrik, you know what, I am just going to buy a bunch of white baby Mm. suits and baby grows, and then I'm sure people will give us things that will probably be pink because they'll know it's a girl and stuff like that. So we can kind of get away from that a bit. But yeah, the 20-week scan went really well. We have a healthy, as far as scan goes, little girl growing. Um, So all of her measurements were right, even though she was curled up and was not moving for anybody. I had to do that wonderful thing where they say, put your feet on the bed and then lift your hips up and then shake your hips side to side. (laughs) You can imagine how unglamorous that is like a belly flopping from side to side and Hendrik looked at me and he was like whoa that's unattractive (laughs) but she didn't even want to move then so (laughs) it's definitely not moving um but yeah it went really really well and then I did actually have the whooping cough injection which completely took me by surprise I didn't even realize that was when you had it and it felt really, really weird. Um, I mean, we try so hard, don't we, to not put anything in our bodies on a day-to-day basis, like drugs or even paracetamol, things like that. Mm. We do try hard not to do that. And then suddenly I'm kind of being asked, do I want the whipping cough vaccination, which is meant for baby? It will go straight to baby kind of now. And I just thought, oh, God, well, you know, the risk of not having it is so huge. There's nothing that attaches the injection to anything untoward leading to any birth defects or anything like that so it was a real kind of on-the-spot decision that I had to make but I just thought you know health of the baby it's recommended I'll trust the NHS but I think it was scary yeah I can imagine and we yesterday we were talking about this in the context of something completely different Mm. but this idea of sort of holistic medicine and and kind of traditional medicine as well um and or mainstream I'm not quite sure what the correct terminology is but (laughs) um but actually there's the there's a place for both I believe and Mm. holistic therapies can be completely life-changing and and that's always first port of call for me but in some situations it's a case of of using both in support of each other Mm. and I think there is something you know you have to make that decision on the spot and all you can do is make a decision based on what you know in in that time and the priority is you know keeping keeping the little bubba safe and healthy you know and you've got to make the decisions based on the information that you've been given exactly but I did get home and I haven't had an injection in forever 
I think I skipped my injections when we went to Goa because I was just like, oh, I don't need them, whatever. Um, and then I, I, so I haven't had one for for ages, and I'd forgotten that feeling of when they put the needle in, and then the you can feel the inject injection like dispersing <laughs> into your arm. It was horrible. And I got home and I said to Hendrik, I was like, I'm not sure if I've just done the right thing for baby or not. And he was like, Well, you're gonna have to forget about it because you've done it now. It's yeah. not coming back out of you, so you just have to get over it. Um, another exciting thing is I felt baby kick for the first time a couple of nights ago, actually more than that now, probably a week ago, um, which was lovely because I had the same kind of feeling that I had before my 12 week scan as in, is there anything in there as to before my 20 week scan? I had quite a lot of fear and anxiety based around that. Um, wondering if she was okay. A lot of my clients in my prenatal classes had already felt their babies kick around 18 weeks. And I just thought, oh my God, maybe something's wrong, you know, maybe this isn't going to be good news when we go in for the 20-week scan, but luckily everything was fine. But I did, it was really reassuring to have those couple of kicks before the little scan, so that was really, really, really nice to feel. But I haven't really felt anything since, so I'm hoping that she's going to, oh, I'm going to really regret saying this, aren't I, when she's kicking me <laughs> Right in the ribs. awake. <laughs> <laughs> but I would really to feel her kick a bit more because then I feel like I can connect with it with the baby a little bit more because yeah. at the moment I just feel like I'm carrying a lot of donuts yeah rather than an actual baby but I don't think you look like you're carrying lots of donuts <laughs> <laughs> I saw your actual like tummy for the first time yesterday out of you know out of clothes and I was like oh my god it looks like you were actually carrying a baby <laughs> <laughs> because it could you know you the you don't look hugely different until, like, I actually see the bump. It's like, oh, wow, and having the gender as well. I have I think this is the first time I've seen you since you've known the gender. In fact, mm. last time I saw you, you had the gender on your phone in an email and you hadn't even checked it. And I was like, can I just look? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you managed to do that. I was so impressed. Um, but, yes, this is the first time, and I think there's something quite amazing about from that connection perspective even not as the mother like as a friend Mm. to actually be able to start sort of really understanding that there is another human being growing in there Mm -hmm. and and having that you know because I haven't come up with my own nickname for her yet (laughs) (laughs) it's you know it's like having you I can refer to her with the correct pronoun or with a pronoun rather than it because that just feels really detached Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I still find myself referring to it as it or baby and I'm like come on Emma it's a girl we know this yeah we know it's a girl we should start like really trying to call it a little girl yeah but it will happen It it will happen so what's it like having friends around you that are pregnant do you feel like you kind of because when I wasn't pregnant and I had a friend that was pregnant I just wanted to ask all the questions but I then I didn't really know anything about pregnancy or childbirth do you kind of feel the urge to ask loads of questions or what does it feel like being a friend when someone's pregnant so I've always been quite fascinated by babies and even growing up I was that 12 year old who at like a family party excuse me would go and grab the nearest baby and just like be the babysitter and Mm. and I loved it and I was always not broody but just I always loved um I'm quite maternal I think Mm. and so I've always sort of stepped into that and and I guess for that reason I I think I probably know more than quite a lot of my friends about kind of various bits and bobs 
that being said, there are so many things that I don't know. And having friends actually experience it firsthand and being really honest with with the processes of pregnancy and motherhood has been really interesting. Um, It's an incredible thing seeing people that you care about go through something quite so dramatic Mm. as growing a baby and then looking after it. Mm. (laughs) And it's, um, it's very different to... It's very different to kind of most other things with your friends. You experience similar things at similar times, but something as dramatic or as big as what you're going through right now is something that is so different to anything that my body has ever experienced. Mm. And I've never been pregnant and I've never had a baby and I've never experienced the fears around it, the excitement, the sensation of it in any way that I think it's really nice to be able to ask questions and to understand it in order to really connect and support the people that are going through it um but for me it's something that's always been quite interesting quite fascinating so I love it and my sister-in-law is pregnant at the moment um about I think she's due about 10 days after you Mm -hmm. um so September is going to be like the most crazy amazing month (laughs) um for somebody that loves babies um and it's funny because I'm so interested in like every step of the way and Wilf my boyfriend is really excited about the idea of being an uncle but he finds it a bit more I I think he's just never really been around babies that much never taken a huge interest in them and so I think for him to sort of and to get excited over the intricacies of things like oh my god there's a bump or like it kicked or like we know the gender well I think is a little bit more detached I think it will take a physical baby to arrive into his arms by magic obviously um <laughs> or you know for that to nece- necessarily connect and I think that's quite an individual thing I don't think that's a male female thing I think there are just some people that are more drawn towards the process and babies I guess mm. and I guess because I've always loved babies I'm kind of interested in the process of 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 what you're going through and I also want to be able to support my friends and so trying to yeah familiarize myself with what's going on is is a part of that mm. does that make sense absolutely because I mean you've been massively with me and really had my back kind of with the whole body image mm. thing because um, I've never really had one... I've never really been one to have a strong... Um, strong uh, view of my body image and been really, really confident in it. And I think you knew that, like, when we were doing mm. our goa training and things like that. And um, in pregnancy, I've talked to you a lot about my changing body and not being able to find the right clothes and maternity clothes and all this kind of stuff. So it's really nice that you've actually properly listened to kind of where I'm at and what I'm going through and not just turning around and being like yeah but you're pregnant because you still get it you, you but still this, the thing is is that regardless of the fact that you're going through this and that your body's changing because you're pregnant you're still Emma in the same way mm-hmm. that 
I went into a shop the other day for the first time in forever, tried something on and was like, oh my God, I've gone up a dress size. Like, how has that happened? Is it me? Is it the clothes? Like the same, if I was pregnant, it would be the same. Mm. And although it's easy to say, oh, it's because of that, it doesn't change. The reason Mm. doesn't change how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. One of the things that I have really noticed about my friends who have gone through pregnancy or experiencing it is that body image is a huge part of that because for most people it's something that is a source of um anxiety or just lack of confidence in ourselves anyway Mm. that doesn't you know you shouldn't be expected for that to just change people are like oh but it's so silly don't be silly you look amazing because you're pregnant and you do look amazing and and you're pregnant it just doesn't mean that you feel that way and in the same way that if my body is is my body is changing shape but if you know it still brings up the same things it doesn't really matter why it's amazing what your body is doing and that you can understand why Mm. but the feeling you know it doesn't make it any less justified for you to feel those things than if I just eaten too many donuts (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's also just time isn't it because I think as time goes by I am getting more and more kind of just comfortable with where I'm at and also just realizing that there is absolutely nothing I can do about it Mm. like literally nothing I can do about it and I think it's just it's just the time it takes to not give a shit, basically, yeah. about what you look like. And, like, this week I had my hair cut, and it's really a little bit too short, which did not go down well originally. But I'm just kind of thinking, oh, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. It's not going to grow back super, super quick, because my hair takes ages to grow. I'm just going to... It is what it is. Yeah. And it's the same as anything, you know? And it doesn't matter... Again, it doesn't change whether or not you're pregnant. Your hair's going to still sometimes be not how you want it to be. Or, you know, we all experience these things. It just means you're probably likely to get more than your fair share because your body's making a lot more changes than the average person. So if Mm. anything... And my hormones are reacting worse than... Well, it's just... Yeah, and you just... That you just... It's like anything. It's coming back to like, well this is the experiencing I'm in. I appreciate that, or I understand that this is why I'm feeling this. Mm. And actually just allowing yourself to be with those feelings because fighting them and building up the resistance within yourself isn't going to do anything about it. But just acknowledging the fact that you're feeling uncomfortable is also okay. Mm-hmm. It's like this, this is not to do with pregnancy. This is just life. But we all try and say oh yeah but just let it go and just you can't let it go if you haven't sat with things and experienced them and like worked out where they're coming from so allow yourself to feel things Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like why do we fight it because all that fight is doing is building up the resistance in your body and you don't need you've got enough things in your body right now (laughs) (laughs) like a whole other body (laughs) (laughs) we were carrying suitcases through the airport yesterday and I was like I've got four hands (laughs) (laughs) so you were just saying just before we turned on the mic about your friend who described her birth story to you yeah and that it was really interesting to kind of hear 
from really her mouth what it was and the realisation of what she'd just been through. Mm. So can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'm fascinated by birth stories. Yeah, so she... <clears throat> a friend, okay, this is going to make me sound like a very strange teenager, but I had a friend of mine, it was always a friend, it was never me, I promise, um, who, <laughs> but she loved... There was, there's like a channel on, I don't know, Sky or Freeview or something, which is um, like the birthing channel. Uh, which I probably would recommend you not to watch if you're pregnant. Oh, no. um, I can't watch One Born Every Minute. Yeah, either. it's basically, it was before One Born Every Minute, like, but a whole channel of that. Wow. Um, and we used to, okay, my, my friend is now a doctor, but she was fascinated. And so sometimes we'd watch um, these programs as basically people's birth stories. You'd actually probably love it. But, um, but it was quite graphic. But you take, so I'd, I guess I appreciated birth and the fact that it's not all roses and, you know, the complications and actually, you know, it's it's not a particularly pretty experience. Um, I keep reading um, trauma mm. as birth. Like, not, not as in a negative way, but your physical body goes through a trauma. Like your vagina essentially mm. goes through trauma, and that's well. If what, you think about what it's doing, happening? if that was happening to any other part of your body, that would definitely be trauma. Exactly. Um, but I'd always, <clears throat> I guess, I'd seen that kind of thing, and so I was quite familiar <laughs> with the process of birth and mm. things dilating, and you know, all all the things that people tell you that you don't want to know but we'll tell you ever anyway um but what I'd never really heard was the full experience from someone in the felt sense and my friend explained her birth quite um I was going to say graphically but it's the wrong word just honestly mm-hmm. in terms of the experience and what happened and I won't you know it's her her story it's not mine to share but it was she has a beautiful healthy baby and everything was went really well but in terms of the actual process from her um feeling of of pushing her baby out you know she described it and I think our friend Lisa said this um a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about this very animalistic instinct that Mm. takes over and I remember her saying like everyone thinks of contractions as like your your uterus contracting or you know, or your, you know, just low down parts of you contracting. But my friend was like, it is from almost like your diaphragm, Mm. like your whole body convulses. And it's this incredibly animalistic thing. And the noises that come out of you, you know, are things that you have never, ever understood within yourself or probably many other people, if any. Mm. And just the complete natural animalistic instinct that takes over in those moments Mm. is just one of she said one of the most powerful and empowering things and to you know she her partner was in the room her mum was in the room and there were various other people and she all of that kind of self for her all of that kind of this is how it should be it's just it all goes out the window it just is the most purely instinctive thing and suddenly you know how to do this thing not because 
you've read it in books or because someone else has told you about it because you just suddenly know it in your body which is crazy because in our sense of ourselves in in this life at least you've never done it before no and yet you know how to do it and that's kind of crazy and and just that idea of this animalistic instinct really kind of flicks something in this idea of it kind of pushing from your whole body basically just like the waves and the way that she explained it was so much more I guess I could connect it to feeling a lot more and it was fascinating and I don't know whether it terrified me or made me excited or just completely amazed by a woman's body but it was so interesting to Mm. kind of hear her her experience on it in that much kind of felt sense you know it was it was incredible and as a as kind of a friend do you do you then kind of think oh my goodness yeah this does terrify me about having my own kids or do you does it make you look forward to having your own children one day hearing other people's birth stories and like me going through pregnancy when I share things with you do you think oh my god that's what it's really like and you get put off or do you actually think actually this is just what we're meant to do I don't think anything really puts me off um I think labor is one of the most terrifying but incredible experiences um but also the most natural thing absolutely that you know we are here this is what our bodies are for Mm. and so that I don't think that puts me I think the thing that has touched me the most are my friends that have said that they have never experienced they they realize that they never truly knew unconditional love until they had a child and that is something that makes me really excited or even more excited at the prospect of having my own children and Mm. also putting myself aside seeing other people experience Mm. and having that kind of really deep sense of connection to another human being um that I think is pretty incredible and and no I don't think no one said anything I mean yeah aged 11 or 12 I feel like I've seen most of it on the birth channel anyway (laughs) so all the off-putting parts you know some of it you're like oh god this is going to be so bizarre if and when this happens but you know cross that I'm not really like a forward thinker or panicker or planner Mm. in that in that sense I'm kind of like well we'll just deal with it when we get there Mm. um but but it's a pretty amazing thing witnessing your friends go through through things Mm. and and I guess I feel fortunate that it excites me because the other thing is that for a lot of people it's just not on their radar either now or ever mm. and so to be excited about something for your friend that you just can't exp- experience yourself I'm just grateful that that's not what I'm sitting with I feel really I think I'm probably like, more excited than you about your baby <laughs> I, I was think like, you probably are I'm like you just hurry up so we can like <laughs> hold her and look at her and just marvel over the wonder of her you know it's so funny because when I first found out that I was pregnant you have all of these initial kind of I don't know if it's the hormones but you have this initial rush of excitement of everything about being pregnant you want to get all the books you want to read all the books you want to get your nursery done like right now 
But it's almost, I'm halfway now and I'm, I kind of have massively unintentionally just stepped off the gas loads. And I, I've got quite a few friends, especially the girls that come to my prenatal who are, you know, talking about all this stuff that they've read. And I'm like, really? Am I meant to know that? And I just think I'm, I'm just cruising with it at the moment and just... But if you, being. but isn't that like the best thing that you can do is to mm-hmm. be, in fact, not to do is to be, mm. I think whatever it is. And just, it's very easy to take on, to look around and be like, oh, I should be doing that. It's like anything. Mm. And the more we get bogged down in what other people think and their experiences of things, the less we actually feel it and experience it for ourselves. And this is something that is so incredible for you right Mm. now is that this is your experience and like of course get tips like one of my friends and I've been sharing this with all of the pregnant women I come across (laughs) being like I don't know what this is but you should do it I sent you the link (laughs) the perineal massage I think that's what it's called apparently you need to apparently you need to start from about now I think really I don't know I'm please nobody but do your own research I have no (laughs) idea what I'm talking about but everyone's talking about how amazing this massage is and the thing that I've been told you do it yourself by the way yeah you do it to yourself thing (laughs) um but the bigger your bump the harder it is to do Mm. and so it's better to familiarize yourself with it in advance and then it becomes more and more important at the sort of later stages mm. perhaps I don't mm-hmm. know I'm probably I'm, and then sense. and then it then it sort of falls on a partner but it's not necessarily well you may or may not want your partner to do it so Can it's kind Hendrick of doing that <laughs> don't imagine I, 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 I won't <laughs> <laughs> I think I, if I said if I literally said to him Honey, can you massage my perineum, please? I <laughs> could <laughs> probably do a runner out the door. Yeah. He'd be like, see ya. See you later. Um, <laughs> but no, things like that. And that's really funny. It's just like sharing, you know, you pick up. That's the other thing is that when other people are pregnant, they share these things with you really openly. I think perhaps because I'm interested. So mm. they do. But without the kind of, they're not worried about, scaring me because Mm -hmm. I'm not pregnant so it's just like oh this happened or then there's and so you hear all these all these things and I'm like well at least I can pass these nuggets of information on to people and then I find myself sharing things and I'm like wait by the way (laughs) you should probably research that or you should probably like speak to somebody that's actually done it because I've got no idea but someone told me that's a good idea (laughs) everyone keeps asking me if I'm scared of labor and I have to say, it was one thing I really thought I would be terrified of. But I am not—I am not one bit afraid of labour. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Mm. I think because um, I have a lot of confidence in my body, and mm. I know my body really well from what we do. You know, we're lucky to be in that space of knowing about our body and learning from our body every day because we have that kind of time to go a little bit deeper. But it doesn't phase me. I—I I really feel like. This is something that I'm meant to do and yeah. I can do it. I absolutely can do it. Um, and we'll talk about that more actually in the upcoming podcast. I'm speaking with an amazing hypnobirth um, teacher and she's, I think I think she's called the Positive Birthing Company and she, um, that, that'll be in another podcast, but I'm really, really intrigued mm. into kind of 
how much positive manifestations can have Massively. on a positive birth. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that you can't avoid. Yeah. Um, but I, I think especially if, if your birth preferences don't necessarily go to plan, to still have that positive manifestation and not feel guilt. Yeah. Or, you know, comparisons is a huge thing, which I was saying to you um, earlier, with other mums and other pregnant women. I mean, I find myself doing it. I'm like... I was Googling the other day, should my bump be this big for 20 weeks? Because there's two girls in my prenatal class who are a lot taller. They're about your height and legs up to their armpits like your legs. <laughs> <laughs> and they are barely showing. And I'm just like, oh my God, well, I look, I feel like I look nine months pregnant and they look two months pregnant. But then someone said to you today, oh, you're really neat, aren't yeah. you? Is that a weird, that's what's weird is that I feel like, once you're pregnant, everyone feels like they can just comment on your body. Yeah. It's actually not happened to me a lot, but I think that's because with what I do and living in Exeter and not walking around London all the time and that kind of stuff, and, and to be honest, I don't really socialise that much, not many people have seen me in my new new shape. Mm. So I haven't come across that, and I did think actually this retreat may well be a bit of a turning point for me and how I see my body image because other people will be commenting on it. Yeah. And in a way, I quite look forward to it because I feel like it will help me mm. a lot get used to my. Well, like this morning and... when you came out, and it's and you know I, you notice yourself doing it, and mm. I sometimes have to remember that actually, if everyone was commenting positively or negatively on my body all the time, it would probably be. But like this morning, Emma came and got dressed and put on this dress, and it was the first time that. I've obviously seen your bum, and obviously last night I saw it without you, like without the baggy top, a baggy top over mm. the top. And when you then put the dress, you put on like a bodycon dress this morning and turned sideways, and I was like, "Whoa, you look like a pregnant woman." You actually looked really, for want of a better word, really small and neat, and like and just, but the shape of a pregnant like you could tell that you were pregnant and it's it's more from I guess for me it's more like whoa you're growing a human being like there's a baby in there than like you look great or like trying to do anything you know obviously I always want to boost your confidence but it's not it's it's almost like the the wonder and the awe for what your body is doing that I think makes people comment. And and I actually think, going back to what you were saying about your sister, for a lot of people that are not comfortable in the topic of pregnancy and babies, it's like knowing the right thing to say. And I think we always, there's a social default to being like, your hair looks great, or like, mm-hmm. wow, don't you look amazing? You're glowing, or mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you're pregnant. It's people do it a lot, and you know, people look at a baby and are like, Wow, look how beautiful her eyes are. And it's funny, you know, there's so many different campaigns about how we should comment on like somebody's brain before we comment on their on their face or you know whatever that's a terrible example <laughs> uh, you got a great brain um, but it's with like with you and having seen you it's like the wonder and the and also the tangibility of understanding because what you're going through back to what we were saying before is so alien to anything that I've ever experienced in my body and so mm. having that tangible connection of being like whoa no I can actually see mm. that something magic is happening mm. and 
And so I think it's kind of, I don't know, in my experience, it's like the wonder. But I also think for some people, it's often like a just a way of trying to connect over it. Absolutely. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what makes you feel good. And people will always have something to say, well, well, I was bigger than that. Or like, whoa, aren't you tiny? And um, I don't think one is better than the other. I think it's the fact that we're defaulting to that and, and trying to remember that you are experiencing and going through so many things that mm-hmm. actually there's probably more ways to support the people around you than just kind of indulge in the wonder of how much their body is changing. Mm. Well, you know what we were saying about earlier about um, dress sizes and stuff like Mm. that? And it makes me really angry on websites like ASOS, and I'm sure they're not the only ones that do it, but they use models, skinny, skinny models, with strap-on bumps. Yeah. And that frustrates me, because I'm like, that's not really a portrayal of a pregnant woman. You, um, well, yeah, because the rest of it, it's not just... It's not for just the, the bump. For no. the majority of people, yeah. there are huge changes other than yeah. than just around their belly. It's yeah. like the whole body changes shape. Exactly. And I just think it's it's not clever of them to do things like that for... Maybe it is, it sells clothes, but for, you know, a mum who is trying to figure out maternity mm. clothes... Or, or, you know, a newly pregnant person trying to figure out maternity clothes, it's not easy to then see a super skinny, you know, 5 foot 12 model yeah. wearing a strap-on bump and thinking, yeah, I'm going to look like that in that top. Yeah. And when it arrives, you but feel I like think that's, And I think that's <laughs> true for anything. Like, I was yeah. in a shop last week, same shop where I <laughs> appear to have gone up a dress size. <laughs> um, but um, I went in and I was like, whoa, those mannequins have no ribcage. And I was like, that is just not... And I was like, well, I suppose they haven't actually got any organs. I was like, but I have organs (laughs) underneath my ribs, so I'm going to need a little bit more space for those. (laughs) And you eat, so your body shape changes throughout the day when you eat. But it's... I don't know. I think think it's a universal thing, and it's just, um, I guess, perhaps amplified by the fact that your body is changing at a more um kind of dramatic rate than than the average person because right now it is doing something incredible but it's going to undoubtedly bring up the same things I think it's really important or I I in terms of being a good friend and being supportive is to to try not to um downplay the experiences and the emotions connected to that for your friends because you know if I it's it's no different from me thinking it within my own body Mm. and someone saying oh yeah but it's because you know like people (laughs) recently I did the marathon at the weekend and I got into this I developed the biggest sweet tooth ever and I was I said it to one of my friends and she was like yeah, but you're running running the marathon, so it doesn't matter. And I was like, well, yeah, but if it doesn't make me, f- you know, if, if, if I don't feel good or I've changed shape or I've, then it doesn't really matter what the reasons are behind it, whether it's that you've been mm. eating cake every day or whether it's because you're growing a baby or whether it's from something completely unrelated to either of those things. How you feel is how you feel, mm. and it's really important to appreciate that we experience different things and that actually the last thing you want to do is to make someone feel stupid for how they feel 
Absolutely. Absolutely, I completely agree. Well, I wanted to keep this one fairly short, plus we have a guest arriving probably in the not too short <laughs> time. Um, I just wanted to touch on one more thing, um, flying. So yesterday was the first time I have really flown during pregnancy, and I would be really interested for you guys, um, you listeners, to connect with me about um, flying, your experience of flying through pregnancy when you found it was uncomfortable to about time for you to stop flying anything associated with flying because I really have no idea I kind of jumped on this plane without even thinking about it yeah we didn't make a deal of it at all no and I didn't I didn't even ask my doctor if he thought it was okay I just figured that you know it would be fine um because <laughs> I'm low risk and no one's told me not to fly so I figured it would be fine so please 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 do reach out and remember that the Facebook page is there the Facebook page is just mum talk podcast so I would love it if there's any of you listening um, to just feedback to me on your advice on flights. Um, you don't need to be a medical professional. I just want to know kind of how you felt about flying. I'm due to fly again in June when I'm off to France. So it's only a small flight. I don't plan to do any long haul, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And obviously any other questions that you have. So next week's podcast is either going to be myself again or uh, my lovely hypnobirthing um, instructor. So it'll be really interesting to see what she has to say. If all goes to plan, we'll be recording that this time next week. So it will be live for you on Wednesday. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Annie, for coming Thanks on the podcast me. with me. It's been really <laughs> insightful to hear kind of your thoughts behind it. And I think a lot of um, just pregnancy well-being actually links into just normal well-being. Well, you're, still, well as, you're uh, still Emma. Still Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Last time pregnant I checked. <laughs> All right, let's get back to retreat. Yeah. All right, thanks everyone. Catch you next week.